0: Michigan State University's Center for Economic Analysis sees further growth in the Michigan economy in 2020. This comes from the MSU Economic Forecast model that tracks and predicts the economies of the state of Michigan and the metro areas of Detroit, Warren, Dearborn, and Lansing, East Lansing. The model forecasts employment and wages by industry, economic output, and total personal incomes based on economic conditions, and projections at the national and regional levels. And here to discuss the forecast and what's ahead for 2020, Trey Malone is back. He's an agricultural economist at MSU. Trey, good to see you.
1: Thrilled to be back.
0: (laughs) And Steve Miller, he directs the Center for Economic Analysis at uh, MSU. Good to have you on, Steve. Thanks for having me. Why don't you start, tell us what the center is and does, kind of the mission.
2: Okay, well, the Center for Economic Analysis is an extension unit at Michigan State University, and we're here to help uh, the local and uh, statewide uh, uh, population and government units understand the the, uh, economic conditions and understand some economic implications of policy and industry.
0: And a little bit more about the model then that we're going to discuss.
2: Well, the economic forecast model is a uh, it's a large-scale macroeconomic forecast model for Michigan, Lansing, and the Detor- Detroit area, and it's made up of some 500 different uh, uh, relationships that describe the economy so it tracks through wages, personal income, tracks through uh, employment. Um, and all this is somewhat driven from what we see at the national economy because of the, the close association between the state and the national economies.
0: It seemed like throughout 2019, we were all waiting for maybe a recession. And did that, how did that weigh into you put, putting together this year's forecast? Well,
2: the, the last year's recessions, uh, recession fears uh, really pretty much lingered throughout all of 2019 and continue on through 2020. Much of those fears have somewhat dissipated a little bit, but they still hang in the air so a, a lot of different drivers associated with that especially manufacturing and here in michigan manufacturing is a big component of the economy so definitely what's happening with manufacturing has implications to what we see in
0: michigan. and a little bit more about manufacturing and what's going on there
1: it's important to remember that uh we're experiencing one of the largest expansionary periods in history uh, and uh, with that expansionary period we've seen at least some promising growth in uh, in uh, manufacturing sales. Uh, although there is kind of some questions that linger about how those sales translate to uh, jobs in the long term.
2: Uh, manufacturing uh, there's kind of talk out there about a manufacturing recession. And that's basically six consecutive months of decline in manufacturing output. The talk is there, but we're really not seeing it the, in the data. There's definitely weakness there globally. Um, And if there's a recession in manufacturing, it is at the the global scale, not the national scale. But what we see in, in like, Europe is uh, manufacturing starting to uptick. So we're seeing some progress or promise of growth in manufacturing, but we still expect it to be weak within the next year or two years.
0: And I would imagine trade is a huge wild card, and particularly trade agriculture a lot of people may not know is as important uh, economic impact on this state as automotive and tourism and everything else. So,
1: so Michigan is the second most diverse agricultural state in the country. Uh, and what that means is that we, uh, we operate in uh, more markets uh, globally than, than most or the average state in the United States. Uh, and, and so these trade deals are extremely important for the development of Michigan agriculture uh at the same time uh while we've had so much of a um a, of a lot of wild cards in terms of uh kind of growth and trade uh the Trump administration has administered um unprecedented amounts of uh market facilitation payments is what they call them uh, you could translate that as almost a a bailout for farmers uh particularly the ones that are the most sensitive uh to the uh the, the Chinese trade war. Uh, now, that's not the only uh, trade issues that we're having across the country, but those are the ones that are being compensated uh, most clearly. Uh, in fact, the uh, amount of money that we've spent on the market facilitation payments is larger than what we spent on the auto bailout in the uh, Great Recession. Wow. So... We're, we're experiencing uh, new chartered territory. So in terms of forecasting, it's it's, uh, it's almost impossible to really know where we're going to be in agriculture a year from now.
0: Yikes. Well, And what do you guys mean when you say that consumers remain the driving force of this economy?
2: Well, clearly consumers make up a large share of the economy. In fact, consumer expenditures make up more than two-thirds of the actual uh, 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 economic activity. So when we see strong consumer demand, we see a, a robust economy, and that's what we're somewhat seeing now. Consumers are in a very good position now. Interest rates are fairly low. Um, the, so their spending power's uh, increased. Uh, inflation's low, and more so their savings is much more in line with what we would exp- we would hope in long a long-term stable consumer. So a lot of spending power still exists. However, consumer... Um, um, consumer sentiment is somewhat declining over the last few months and we really somewhat expect to see the consumer uh, sentiment to continue decline and consumer expenditures to cool off a little bit in 2020 now somewhat going to be offset by an increase in a uh, business sentiment when businesses start picking up inventory again later in 2020 so it's somewhat going to balance out in the long term
1: so keep in mind that with the modern economy, we now have a system where we don't ask, can we grow it or can we produce it? We ask, should we grow it or should we produce it? Uh, you know, the, the obvious example right now in Michigan is hemp. Uh, so for, for growers, at least, I, we have clearly demonstrated some ability with our pilot program to be able to grow hemp, but it's not entirely clear exactly how many producers and uh, what type of hemp we should be targeting. So in the longer run, uh, you know, the consumer is king, and understanding exactly what that consumer wants is going to be a very important and critical part of moving forward uh, in terms of economic growth.
0: So what are some of the things you're specifically forecasting and some of the threats to what you're forecasting?
2: Well, the threats pop up daily uh, anymore, it seems. Uh, Mostly, uh, the business sector has been fairly weak over 2019. Part of that was because of uncertainty uh, and for the, uh, the business sector, planning is key to investment. So uh, businesses invest when they see profit opportunities, and they have a good feel for what the expected outcome of those investments are going to be. Under the current administration, where we have on-again and off-again uh, tariffs, uh, policy changes, we see a lot of uncertainty. So businesses tend to... Uh, uh, move off their investment plans until they get more certain uh, signals. Uh, We hope that 2020 uh, we're going to see better signals, but it is an election year. We have two very competing uh, uh, public policy philosophies between the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, And so 2020 may not really give the the the, the level of certainty that businesses are looking for in, in setting their, their future investment plans. Um, so uncertainty is going to be, play a big role. Trade is going to be, play a big role. Right now, the uh, Trump administration's policies on trade is to uh, somewhat protectionist, that is, protect the U.S. business, bring jobs back to the U.S. with tariffs. Well, since 2017, our... Uh, uh, Export ba- or our trade balance has actually de- degraded by four percent. That is, under the current tariffs, it, they're not they're not protecting our local markets as they were intended. That we're actually increasing our net ex- imports into the country relative to our exports. So. Those policies, of course, the tar- tariffs aren't short term policies or long term. So how that impacts us in the long term is less as uh, we'll have to wait and see.
1: It's uh, it's also important to remember that the state of Michigan is a wildly diverse economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a very large place. It's a it's a beautiful uh, state to live in. Uh, but it also has uh, many, many different issues that might confront its economy on any uh, on any level in any municipality. The the scary thing about that is that, you know, Dr. Miller's been working on this model for twelve years. This this model has been in development for twelve years, uh, and and imagine an economy like a spider web. This spider web is so entangled with so many other spider webs uh, that that really any pull on one of these strings could unravel the entire model. <laughs> uh and and so particularly in a, in an economy where the uh the national uh government the federal government has uh, so much power and outreach in terms of trade policy uh the there are so many wild cards and so many possible threats that could push us over this uh this precipice of a recession that that you know it could be this year our model doesn't say that but it could be uh, but, uh, you know, at some level, there's there's a lot floating in the air that could cause some type of serious outcome.
2: And further looking forward, uh, one, one thing that's going to be very important looking forward into the economy, uh, 2020 especially, is what's going to happen with manufacturing. Um, Boeing right now is, is really a significant part of the U.S. economy, and it's a manufacturing sector. And it's showing weakness because of some regulatory issues with the 737 MAX. Um, where it's going to go and where manufacturing goes is really going to dictate where we go in, in the future uh, in 2020. So wa- I'm watching manufacturing closely. i um, also watching agriculture and trade. Um, China, um, they, they've uh, announced commitments for agricultural imports, especially, especially soybeans. But at the same time, their uh, swine population got wiped out with the swine flu. So exactly to what extent that they carry through on those commitments uh, is left to be seen.
0: So, gentlemen, as we close, sort of key takeaways from the forecast model, and, and what will you be watching in 2020 to see how the forecast unfolds?
2: Well, it might be interesting to note that uh, Michigan's economy has n- not fully recovered from the uh, Great Recession. While our employment counts are actually lower than what they were at that point by some 200, 258,000 uh, jobs. Most of that is in goods producing sectors. Um, now, Detroit, on the other hand, or Detroit also is short uh, of their uh, overall highs, which were back in 2000. Now, Lansing, on the other hand, is actually hitting new peaks in employment. Lansing is a growth economy at this point. It's been a slow growth economy since 2000 relative to Detroit and Michigan uh, in, in general. But it's been in persistent growth, so we expect Lansing to continue to grow and because of its industry mix it's not as geared towards manufacturing as the rest of the state so it's looking its forecast in 2020 is looking a bit rosier than the state it, uh, as a whole um, looking forward once again i'm going to be looking at um, uh, manufacturing intensely intently uh, what happens with trade in manufacturing, and also note that um, the labor force in general in the US, even though our unemployment rates are record lows and persistently over three years, our labor force participation rate is much lower than what it was in, in the 2000s. Um, and part of that is the the, the, uh, the the workforce isn't really, or the potential workforce isn't participating in the workforce like they used to there's a lot of room to expand the economy through more labor and and introducing more labor uh, more workers to the uh, labor market so it's hard to put a a kind of figure out exactly where the economy's gone there's so many uncertainties we we have new strife in the middle east Uh, we we have a labor market that doesn't seem to be fully settled uh, since the great recession but looking at current trends what we can say is that 2020 is going to look a little bit slower than it was in 2020, uh, 2019.
0: Trey,
1: pay attention to dairy. That would be the, the the big push I think in agriculture that maybe isn't getting as much press as it should be. Uh, dairy is in in uh, across the United States experiencing a, a very serious downturn uh, that's largely driven by consumer trends. While the I think many people would like to blame almond milk and oat milk on this downward trend. Really, a, a large part of this is uh, just the way that consumers have changed their uh, consumption of fluid milk in general um, You know, with, with respect to the way people eat breakfast uh, and uh, the way people just drink milk uh, traditionally. The big problems with dairy in Michigan are, are uh, largely linked to this, uh, this bigger national story, uh, but the trade war conversation is, is uh, less the concern, and this consumer-driven economy model is, is the bigger concern. Hmm. Uh, Michigan is one of the largest dairy states in the country, and these jobs are very important for rural places. Uh, so as as we move forward in this year, it'll be very interesting uh, and and a little scary to see where dairy goes.
0: Well, gentlemen, thanks for sharing your forecast with us today.
1: Thank you, Thank you very much. And and the, glad to be here.
0: The full forecast details and numbers can be found on the MSU Center for Economic Analysis website. That's CEA. Dot MSU. Dot edu. And I've been talking with Stephen Miller. He's the director of the Center for Economic Analysis, and Trey Malone is an MSU agricultural economist. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.